1: Hey, what's going on? I'm Darryl Oliver and Sam Sawd is right beside me. And we are Sports Info UM. Sam, what's going on,
2: man? That much, Darryl. Before we get started, just like to send our condolences to the victims of the Oklahoma tornadoes. Uh, you know, uh, you're, you guys are in our prayers.
1: And that's for sure, Sam. Yep, that is for sure. Our prayers go out to them. Hey, but why don't we get right into this sports thing, Sam? You know, a lot of people thought that the Miami Heat would just come in and just dominate the Indiana Pacers, send them home in four or five games. And tonight, We're at the climax of the NBA Eastern Conference Championship, Game 7 in Miami. And luckily, Miami has a home court advantage. They may be able to pull it out tonight. I'm not so sure if they can get get past this
2: seven-foot tree called Roy Hibbert. No homo. Uh, Can the Pacers Pacers pull it off, though, and, and beat Miami In game seven, you know, uh, the jury's still out on that. Indiana has been playing a a great brand of team basketball, and uh, Rory Hibbert has been a a big part of that, and also Paul George. But uh, when you you talk about just uh, the ultimate teamwork, you – You think of the Indiana Pacers, and uh, it seems like Miami, uh, they're they're pointing fingers. You know, Wade uh, said that they've got to do a better job of making sure that him and Chris Bosh have more opportunities to um, succeed throughout the game. And uh, he said basically that, uh, that you can't do it as an individual implying that LeBron James was uh, maybe doing a little too much. But uh, in in my eyes, LeBron James has done everything but uh, sweep and mop the floor. You know, he's been just outstanding uh, in the previous six games. And, uh, you know, he's going to need more help from Wade and Bosch, guys that make both of those guys make uh, over $34 million combined. So uh, he's going to need a little help. This is like uh, LeBron James and um, the Cleveland Heat, uh, the way things are looking right now.
1: Well, I would agree, but I'd, I'd have to say, man, I think we have to give this Indianapolis team a little bit of credit, man. I mean, George Hill playing guard for them has had an outstanding series. I think David West has probably been the X factor for this team, you know. And when you look at and when you and when you look at what Hibbert has brought to the table, man, he has come a long way since playing at Georgetown, and and man, this young man, Paul George, wow. What a all star we're looking at. And I think this man is probably gonna be a superstar in this league for a little while ago. He makes us forget about uh Danny Granger, one of the best players to play in the NBA for the last three years. But um hey man, I really think that um don't don't let's don't overlook what, what Indianapolis has done this year.
2: Oh uh well the Pacers, you know, they have done an outstanding job of uh this season, but they did have a point where they struggled and uh they struggled in the first round of the playoffs and people didn't feel that they would be able to push this Miami Heat team the way that they're being pushed. Uh you mentioned uh Hill and uh West. Uh you know, West it has definitely been an X factor in the aspect that uh he's not really allowing the Heat to um to play their smaller lineup because when they go small there's no one that can defend uh David West. Uh he's been a little too much for Shane Battier who's Known to be a great defender, but uh, West is uh, he's too much for those guys to handle. And uh, but what I would like to see, and I feel that if Miami's going to be successful, I feel that LeBron James is going to be LeBron James. Uh, Dwayne Wade 19 shots and 20 points in the last two games, he was three of 11 for 10 points in game six. Chris Bosch has had three consecutive games below 10 points, and uh, you know, that's just That's just uncaused for. I I mean, when you make that type of money, um, as skilled a big man as Bosch is, you need more production. One of eight, five points. And uh, he was was put on a poster that I just ordered. Uh, You know, Paul George came through the lane and just really, really embarrassed Bosch. But uh, uh, that's the way the Pacers are playing. They, They are... They're trying to dunk on you. They're contesting shots. They're playing tough, gritty defense. And, and they're making Miami earn everything that they can possibly earn in uh, in this series.
1: Yes, they are. And, you know, overall, I would have to say that the Indiana Pacers are a whole lot more physical than the Miami Heat. And when you look at Chris Bosh, he looks like a string bean compared to uh, – to Roy Hibbert, and he definitely looks like a string being compared to David West, the, um, the, uh, the ultimate fighting prep guy, the, the karate expert, the martial arts expert, and he looks like he is a martial arts expert when he's down there in the box, man. I mean, this guy is very physical, and I just don't think the Bosch wants any, and sometimes when you look at Dwayne Wade, he definitely doesn't want any, but I'm surprised when I see LeBron James, King James, like he's sliding out of the box sometime on those, on those offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds. And it's unbelievable the, the number of rebounds, the rebound, rebound discrepancy in this game, man, uh, swaying Indiana's way.
2: Well, you, when you look at the Pacers, man, you're talking about a big physical team. You mentioned Roy Hibbert, he's seven foot two, he's 250 plus pounds. You got uh, Paul George, he's listed at 6'8", but he's closer to 6'10", 6'11". Then you talk about uh, David West. He's 6'9", 250 pounds. Uh, You know, those are some physical guys. And you look at Chris Bosh, he's really more of a a power forward. Uh, He's playing some center. I I do feel that the Heat will get an added boost tonight when Chris Anderson returns from from being suspended. I I really feel that he just brings a physical element. He's a hustle guy. Uh, He's a guy that you don't have to run sets for. And uh, he's going to bring that energy. And they're going to need that tonight. I mean, Miami is a great party city. Uh, They're known for partying. Uh, The stars and everybody will be out tonight. But they're going to need some fans that's going to bring some excitement tonight. Those guys are going to need that added boost. They're going to need guys to hit shots. Ray Allen, he's going to have to hit those open threes. He struggled. You're talking about one of the greatest three-point shooters in the history of the NBA. They're going to need those bonus points from uh, Yodonis Haslam or, or Norris or or uh, Chalmers, they're going to need someone to step up and help LeBron if Wade and uh, Bosch isn't going to do their part. Uh, you know, Wade has been hampered by the knee injury. Uh, but uh, I, I, I would look for Miami to try to get Wade going early in this game.
1: You know, man, I'm going to make one comment, uh, one more comment about these heat, and we might need to move on. But um, Birdman Anderson is a coward. You know, there's a lot of people on the floor. he could have He could have pushed and shoved around. But who does he shove around? You know, he didn't, he didn't put his hands on David West. He didn't put his hands on Roy Hilbert. He didn't, he didn't even put his hands on Lance Stevenson. But he's going to shove Tyler Hansborough. You know, come on, man. I, I, that's, that's a coward move to me. And I, I understand maybe they was trying to, trying to um, you know, set some dominance in the game, let them know, let, hey, we're the Miami Heat. We're not pushovers. Let me send one of the X factors out here and shove somebody around. But he shoved the right person.
2: Hey man, Hansborough, you're talking to guy six nine, two hundred and fifty pounds, man. And, uh, and is a guy that is he, – he—they call not, him Psycho T. I he, he, He's not—he's not, not going to back down. You know, he's going right. to stand this. He's going to stay in this ground. Uh, you know, there's a difference in pushing a guy in the back and, and, and manning up and looking him in the eyes and shoving him. You know that—that that is a there's a, a a big difference in doing that. But uh, you know, again, he's trying to set the tone. He's trying to bring some physicality. Uh for his team to the table, uh, it's clearly the most physical team is the Pacers, but, uh, you know, it's all on the line tonight. And, uh, th- this is where stars stars are, are born, you know, and this is a great opportunity for the Indiana Pacers. They're a young team. Uh, they have a lot of talent. They play a, a, a tough physical brand of basketball and, uh, you know, the Miami heat, they have all the star power. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, if the referees are going to kind of tilt this thing in, in a, a certain team's favor, you know, uh, you got you to kind of wonder in the, in the back of your mind, would the NBA rather see the Miami Heat and the San Antonio Spurs or the Indiana Pacers and in the San Antonio Spurs? And speaking of that, Daryl, who do you feel the Spurs would rather face in the NBA Finals?
1: You know, man, um, honestly, after looking at this, I don't, think, I don't think the Spurs want to face the Indiana Pacers. I just don't think they want to deal with Roy Hilbert and his seven two frame and David West and his and and his his physique that he brings to the table as well. So I, I really think they want to play the Miami Heat. When you look at the Heat now, man, it looks like it really does look like the, the um LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, with Wade hobbling and not playing at the level he's he's played at. Chris Bosch he he's He hasn't scored double figures in the last two games. They don't look like the team that LeBron James came and said he was going to win not one, not two not three, not four. Hey, this don't look like that team um this team is struggling
2: this team is uh they're definitely struggling the Miami heat's struggling, but uh you know i'm a, I'm gonna hit the first issue. I, I, a lot of people said that the Spurs were going to struggle with the, with the Grizzlies. You know, they had the big front line, and uh, Gasol and uh, Randolph, and, and uh, they they, handed, they handled them pretty easily. So I, I really don't. Uh, feel that the Pacers' size is going to give them as much trouble as people uh, make it out to be. But but the one thing I, I do take, if I'm the Spurs, if I'm looking at this series, I, I have a lot of confidence now because uh, the Pacers have exposed a lot of chinks in Miami's armor. And uh, I really feel that uh, if you're the San Antonio Spurs, that you have to feel good about facing uh, either of these teams. The one thing that I do feel that could work against the San Antonio Spurs is that the long time off you know they haven't been playing uh game they're not game ready uh so to speak that they have uh had some time off but uh you know when you got a guy like tim duncan a a a solid veteran a future hall of famer uh at the um, stage of his career he he needs a little um extra rest so i'm sure he's not complaining at all but uh you know, again, the Miami Heat, they had the record 27-game uh, win streak this year. If they don't win tonight, again, records mean nothing if uh, if they don't win the championship. And they didn't break the record, but they came awfully close.
1: Yeah, and and I, I would agree with you. Does, that record means nothing. That winning streak means nothing if they can't pull it out tonight. And when you look at, um, at the Miami Heat, man, they're really not getting anything from their guards. I mean, Mario Chalmers is... You know he, he's like a whooping post every time you look up Wade is arguing at him, LeBron James is arguing at him, and he's not really playing at a level that he played at last year either um Norris Cole, you know he has his moments, but he's not a starter, so you really don't see him on the floor like you like you do like you see people like um like like Wade and bosch so I'm not so sure what, what, the heat, what the answer is for the Heat, but it wouldn't surprise me tonight to see them go down their bench and, and find people like Rashad Lewis, give him a couple of minutes. Mike Miller, give him a couple of minutes. Hey, if that, was not, that would not surprise me. And if it, that does happen, that's going to show the desperation of the Heat and I really think that could backfire on them.
2: Hey, man, Mike Miller's a guy that last year, if you watched the NBA Finals, man, he's a guy that can come in. If he get hot, he can be a dangerous guy. They have a lot of guys that can uh, that can hit shots. You got Mike Miller. You got Rashard Lewis. You got Ray Allen. You got guys that have been there, that they're battle-tested. Uh, the one thing I do worry about is, uh, you know, the Indiana Pacers. David West has been there. Um, but you look at most of these guys, they're young. Are they going to let the moment, get to them. Because sometimes, you know, just being in a game seven, all of the attention, all of the pressure, it can get to some guys. But at the same time, when you're a young team, sometimes you play just young and reckless, man. I, I really like the Pacers and just the attitude and the way that they have been playing basketball. I, When the series started, I wouldn't have said this, but I, I really feel that Indiana is going to shock the world tonight and Indiana is going to beat the Miami Heat.
1: Wow, that's a bold statement. You know, I'm not a big LeBron James fan, and um, I'm I am pulling for the Miami, uh, for the um, Indiana Pacers. I'd love to see something fresh in the in the um, in the championship, in the NBA championship, and what's fresher than the San Antonio Spurs and the Indiana Pacers? The Pacers haven't had anything since since um Reggie Miller. Man,
2: come on. It's been a while, man, and uh, hey. Indiana, I tell you, it's a basketball town. Uh, it's a basketball state. Uh, I, I really feel that those guys—they're gonna—they're gonna rise to the occasion, and they're gonna—they're um, gonna shock the world. It's gonna be tough. Today. It's not gonna be easy. Uh, Miami's a great team in uh, every sense of the word, but uh, I, I just feel that uh, if LeBron has to do it on his own, the Pacers are gonna be victorious.
1: I would have to agree with you, man, and and we've seen LeBron try to do it on his own when he was with um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and it didn't work, and I just can't see him tonight willing this team to win by himself. If LeBron James scores over 40 points tonight, I don't think they're going to win.
2: I don't think it's going to take forty, but it's going to take maybe thirty and twelve rebounds and twelve assists and and him trying to get Wade and Bosch some easy buckets uh you know, just listen to Chris Bosch, he apologized to his teammates. he just seemed like a guy that does that doesn't have any confidence at at this moment uh Wade uh to me comes across as a guy that's uh, very sure of himself, but uh. Uh, again, these are things that you don't expect to hear from Dwayne Wade in, in the media, you know, guys being individuals, guys putting too much pressure on themselves to try to do it. You got to trust your teammates. You know, LeBron James came out and said, it's obvious that those guys are struggling. So, you know to me, that stuff you don't have to talk about in the media. You know, you, you talk about that as men to each other. I'm sure those guys are very close and, uh, it didn't offend either one of them, but at the same time, uh, just being being that close-knit team that you assume Miami is, you would have liked to see those guys keep that out the media and talk amongst themselves.
1: I would agree with that, man. And um, and I think in, in recent games, in the last couple of games, I think we've seen some a little bit of that, not that Batman and Robin kind of atmosphere that we saw with this team last year. Um, We we just really haven't seen that. So I I think it could be a little bit of tension there between um, LeBron
2: James, Chris uh, uh, Chris Bosh, and Wade. So Chris Bosh should be tired of getting dunked on, man. Uh, You know, he's the guy that's... That's disrespected the most out of the big three more than anyone. You know, they call him the big two and one. Just 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 everything. And uh, you know, Bosch he's a very skilled big man. He's a guy that can step out and hit the mid range jumper. Uh he has range all the way out to the three point line. He he apologized to his teammates. I really feel that Bosch is gonna have a, a, a decent game tonight. And uh that that's what it's gonna take if they're gonna be successful. Uh so the jury's out. Uh, it's, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the Pacers. I'm excited for the Heat just to see how those guys respond. You know, uh, a couple years ago, everybody was saying that LeBron couldn't close. And, uh, you know, he really put that to bed last year. So uh, now uh, there's no doubt that LeBron can finish games. And uh, we're going to see tonight when the lights shine bright. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after the break.
3: chip station for sports voice america sports Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
0: You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum 3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back to Sports Info UN. Hey, Sam, I think we really need to send out a congratulations to Grant Hill and Jason Kidd. Both of these men um, served 19 years in the NBA. Uh, great guys, great players. You know, neither one of them won championships, um, but both of those guys were great players and great guys.
2: Yes, they were. Actually, Jason Kidd uh, was very fortunate late in his career uh, to win a championship with the Dallas Mavericks. He's going to go down yes. as one as one of the best passing and rebounding point guards in NBA history. Grant Hill was uh, off to a great start in his career. Had a little injury, but injury bug he persevered in 19 years of uh doing things the right way for both of those guys just a big congratulations uh to Grant Hill and Jason Kidd uh it was just an honor uh honor watching those guys play and doing things the right way
1: that's for sure man you know Jason Kidd class act Grant Hill class act you know Great guys. I, I, you really just never heard anything negative about either one of those guys ever. And, uh, you know, Jason Kidd, even, even at the end of his career, he averaged six, six points, 3.3 assists, and one steal, 1.5 three-pointers made per, um, per game. You know, those are, those are formidable numbers, man, for a guy that's been in the league for 19 years. You know, we see guys y- much younger that don't average six points a game.
2: Yeah, so it was just—I mean, two great careers, and uh, you know, they definitely adjusted their style towards the uh, their style of play towards the end of their career to become more team-oriented guys. And uh, you know, it takes a a a strong individual to be able to do that, especially when you're so used to being a superstar.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, and and he was definitely a superstar both of these guys were superstars you know and like you said Grant Hill had some some injuries early in his career and and it was a shame that we never really saw his full potential here in Orlando when he was with the Magic but um in, uh, no when he when he was with uh I guess it was the Detroit Pistons he had a lot of injury problems there as well
2: uh yes but uh again congratulations guys and uh Enjoy your retirement. And other basketball news, Chris Paul is upset with the uh Clippers for insinuating he had something to do with the the Del Negro firing. Uh and uh, this could really affect his free agency. Uh, you know, it is pretty much a foregone conclusion before this uh bit of news came out that Chris Paul was gonna re-sign with the uh Los Angeles Clippers. They're coming off one of the most successful seasons in franchise history. And uh now, with this coming out, you know, the owner, uh, Donald Sterling, uh, he did a couple of interviews, and he wouldn't really answer the questions. He kind of uh, wiggled his way around. And when they asked if Chris Paul had anything to do with him, he insinuated that he really liked working with uh, Del Negro. So, uh, you know, this really has the Chris Paul camp upset.
1: You know, I don't think Chris Paul had any – I don't think Chris Paul went to ownership and said, hey, we need to get rid of Vinny Del Negro. However, I don't think Chris Paul went to ownership and said, hey, this is our guy. I think this team believes in Vinny Del Negro. I think we can win with him. He did not give him this, this glowing approval. So, uh, you know, Donald Sterling, he can say he can always throw, throw Chris Paul up under the bus because Chris Paul is more than likely going to re-sign with them for the maximum amount of money.
2: Uh, yes, and, and, and again, that that's the one uh, advantage that the Clippers have. They do have the ability to extend Chris Paul's contract for that extra year, which comes out to be a $28 million difference. The best option for Chris Paul is to, uh, to play poker and say that he's not going to sign with them, and hope that they do a sign and trade. But, you know, uh, I, I think time heals wounds, and uh, they're going to have enough time to, to smooth things out. And uh, if they give him a lot of safety, so and probably who's going to be the next head coach i'm sure that that'll um, go a long way towards uh smoothing things over between chris paul and uh and ownership of the clippers
1: you know i guess um when you you think about the clippers man we think about chris paul but blake griffin is the face of this franchise man and you know it, it has been some rumors that chris paul thinks that blake griffin is a little soft you know last year in the playoffs he bowed out with an injury this year in the playoffs he bowed out with an injury and chris paul thinks this guy's a little soft man and maybe there's some truth
2: to that i'm not gonna say that he's a little soft you know the injury bug can be frustrating now the one thing i will say about chris paul he's one of the ultimate competitors and uh he's uh he's trying to win a championship and uh uh blake griffin's gonna be a big part of that if they're gonna win a championship together. Uh, I, I really see this thing working itself out. Another option is uh, Chris Paul hooking up with uh, Indecisive Dwight Howard uh, once free agency starts, and uh, you never know what you're going to get from, uh, from Dwight Howard. But uh, to me, if you're going to form, if you're going to hook up with a guy, uh, Dwight Howard uh, is, is maybe that guy that uh, him and Chris Paul, if they can get another guy, they can form their own big three.
1: Well, man, are we are we really getting sick and tired of being sick and tired of this guy, Dwight Howard, man? Every year, you know, and, and you know, me and you live in Florida. For, so for the last few years, we've listened to this Dwight Howard back and forth, back and forth. He goes to L.A., and we thought that maybe it might be done with, but no, that wasn't the case. One year later, he's going back and forth. Is he going to stay in L.A.? Is he going to Atlanta? Is he going to Houston? Man, I'm I'm so tired of this Dwight Howard carousel. This kid really needs to grow up. He really needs to be decipher- decisive about some of these decisions in his life. Make a decision, put a period behind it and move on, dude.
2: <laughs> hey, uh again with the Dwight Howard, we net you never know what you're going to get. Uh he's been linked to the Dallas Mavericks, the uh Houston Rockets, and possibly returning home to the uh, Atlanta Hawks if he don't re-sign with the Lakers. Uh came out today and admitted to seeing a psychiatrist uh, last season, and he said his one problem is between the ears. Uh, he just thinks too much.
1: Well, I, I would disagree with that. I'd say he doesn't think enough. You know, and And, and you know, he came out today and says that He's not going to be trying to make everybody happy anymore. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's had problems because he's tried to make so many people happy. Well, he says he's not going to be doing that anymore. Well, I really think he needs to make himself happy. He needs to find, make a decision that's going to be good for him, be happy with it, and move on.
2: Yes, I, I really agree with that, that the most important person that he needs to make happy is Dwight Howard. Uh, it's going to be a an interesting summer to see uh, what's going to happen once free agency uh, starts. Uh, I just want to wish Dwight Howard the best of luck uh, and Chris Paul. The one thing that we do both know is both of those guys are going to sign uh, for the max, which is going to be uh, well over $100 million a year. So at the end of the day, I don't feel sorry for either one of them.
1: No, I don't feel sorry for either one of them. You know, Sam. Before we leave this basketball man, what is it? How did you feel about the Roy Hibbert, um comments and his 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 out of character cursing? I just didn't. I just never really pictured him as being this this ghetto fabulous guy that got to get his point across with violent curse words. Just didn't. I never really pictured him being like that. And then, especially Sam. Right after the victory, he went over, hugged his mom, hugged his dad, hugged his fiancée. Ten minutes later, he talking about MFers and, 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 and throwing gay slurs around. Just didn't see that, man. I don't see you hugging your mama and ten minutes later, you MFers, it's your fault that I didn't get votes for the, um, for the defensive player of the year. Come on, that's not a way to help yourself with the media, man.
2: Uh, I really feel that, uh, one, it was out of character, uh, two, it was a lot of frustration. Uh,
1: After a victory? It-
2: yeah, uh, yes, you know, sometimes you you can be frustrated and uh I I really feel he was bent. I don't think that uh I'm not condoning what he did. It wasn't right, uh especially the the gay slur or the profanity uh, directed at the media. I'm not condoning any of those things. Uh do I think Roy here was a, a bad person? No. Uh sometimes you let your frustrations boil over and after uh, an impressive uh, performance, uh, he felt he felt that he could go out and, and pretty much say uh, whatever he wanted to say. Uh, was it the right thing to do? No. Uh, you would have liked to see him maybe go take a shower and cool off a little bit uh, sometime in the heat of the battle or the heat of the moment. You say the wrong things. Uh, again, I'm not condoning it. I, I, I don't really feel that that's a true uh a, a true image of who uh, Roy Hibbert is. And uh, I'm sure that he's very sorry about what transpired.
1: I'm, I'm sure he is. And he, he really has to, he has to be aware of who he is and, and what he says all the time. Yes. Yep. Hey, man, Donovan McNabb came out and said McNabb um, thinks RG3 needs to slow down and is willing to sit down with RG3 and his dad to offer some advice come on man what's up with this you know McNabb thinks RG3 needs
2: his advice uh well well Dara I I will say this uh Donovan McNabb played a long time in the uh, NFL uh Donovan McNabb was used to being criticized Donovan McNabb has uh pretty much uh did a lot of the stuff and uh been in the spotlight and uh I I think it's not a bad look uh for Donovan McNabb to reach out to RG3 and his father to sit down. Uh, I mean, uh, when you're young, you're rich, uh, sometimes you uh, you do things and you don't realize what you're doing. And, and, and I really commend Donovan McNabb for trying to reach out to him uh, because, you know, Donovan ha- has been that guy. And, and Donovan made those mistakes, and, and uh, he's trying to prevent RG3 from making some of the same mistakes that he did. You know, RG3, he's calling press conferences after OTAs. Uh, he's uh, seen throwing passes, and, uh, you know, everything he do is it, big news. And, uh, you know, the one thing about the media, that will build you up. To tear you down. And uh, I, I really feel that there's nothing wrong with Donovan McNabb uh, trying to reach out to him. Uh, if I'm Mike Shanahan and the way things ended between me and Donovan McNabb, do I want him talking to my franchise quarterback? Probably no. But uh, as a parent, if if I'm RG3's father, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to listen to um, Donovan McNabb and Mr. McNabb, because at the end of the day, it don't cost you nothing to listen.
1: You know, man, I, I just, I just think that when, when you read into this story a little bit, McNabb reached out to RG3, and he ignored him. He did not respond. Didn't, didn't reciprocate what McNabb wanted. So now, all of a sudden, McNabb goes into the media. And basically he's asking him in the media, telling him, telling the media, hey, I want to talk to this young man. I want to give him some advice. I don't want to see him make some of the same mistakes that other African-American quarterbacks or some African-American quarterbacks have made. I just don't think that I I look at this young man as as a different. He he is a, a a different breed of. African-American quarterback, and I don't mean, I don't mean that in a, in a in a bad way. I mean, this young man comes in with, with a lot of talent, a lot of intellect, Heisman Trophy in his hand. He comes in guarded. You know, McNabb didn't come in with the same kind of guardianship that, that this man comes into the league with because he comes in with a lot of credentials. I mean, a lot of credentials. McNabb came in. Some people didn't even know this guy when he came in the league. You know, he played at Syracuse. He was a scrambler. He was a fairly decent passer. But he didn't come in with the with the same accolades that Robert Griffin came into the league with.
2: Hey, man, it's kind of hard to say he didn't come in with the same accolades. What was he, the number two, the number three pick in the um, NFL draft? He didn't win the, um, the Heisman Trophy. But, man, you're, you're talking about a big-time prospect, uh, a, a guy that's been the five or six... Uh, Conference championship games that that's played in a Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, is it going to hurt Robert Griffin to sit down and talk to Donovan McNabb? It might. A, a, a guy that's older and 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 wiser. And uh, I'm sure Donovan, if he could, he would go back and take take away a lot of the things that he did and the way he did things. And uh, I, I think it's a good look. I don't know if it's a, a image uh, play for McNabb, but uh, hey, man, again. It's my philosophy, it don't cost you nothing to listen. He don't have to say a word if you're r g three he can take in the information he can take what he wants from that information, and if he decides he's going to use something that the McNabs tell him, fine, if not, all it's going to cost him is a little time
1: hey sir it's it's it, you know it's an old saying, hey if it ain't broke, don't fix it and this young man is he's on a he's on a good path to some really great things. And in in some people's eyes, like even his head coach, even his head coach, Mike Shanahan, if, if if we show him and McNabb talking on, on TV tomorrow, walking and talking and hanging out, going out to dinner, working out together, I don't think Mike Shanahan is going to look at that and say this is a good look for our team, this is a good look for my starting quarterback, like you just said. So... It's a lot of reasons why he probably should shy away from talking to Donovan McNabb, and most of those reasons have to do with his job and the NFL and the image that he wants to portray.
2: Hey, again, and... and I, I i like the idea of McNabb reaching out to him at the end of the day it's going to be up to rg3 if he want to talk to McNabb. uh if McNabb is committed to talking to rg3 eventually they're going to cross paths
1: oh of, of course they are you know if he wants to talk to him they will and, and maybe it might maybe it might be a private conversation just between them two and that might be the first and the last but maybe it might be might be a, a relationship that they could build, and, and you never know. Both of them may be able to learn something from each other. But uh, hey, man, Geno Smith is reported taking um, taking some uh, reps with the starting unit for the New York Jets. Do you do you put any emphasis on this in uh, mini camp?
2: Hey, uh, I do because I don't really feel that. uh that you just give first team reps to anyone. So, uh, obviously he's done something to impress the, um, the jets coaches. Uh, and you know, uh, they want to put some pressure on Sanchez. They want to see how Sanchez is going to re, uh, going to respond. I I can't really sit here and say adversity because uh, if Sanchez hasn't been through enough adversity, I I don't know what adversity is, but I really feel that Geno Smith is, is a big time talent. And, uh, in time he's going to um take that job away from sanchez whether it's uh whether it's week one but eventually doing some at some point during the season he's going to win that starting job
1: well man that doesn't surprise me at all and watching Sanchez play in person last year, watching him play on t v last year, the butt fumble last year, Tim tebow taking some of his reps last year. Man, if Tim Tebow took some of his reps last year, Geno Smith will probably be starting in the first game of the season.
2: Hey, man, time will tell. Time will tell. You know, the preseason is going to have a lot to do with that also. Uh, We're going to see how he picks up the system, how he plays against other teams' uh, number one units during the preseason. Hey, moving along, uh, Maurice Jones Drew accused of punching a security guard. In St. Augustine, Florida, you know, uh, Maurice Jones-Drew is one of the um, guys in the NBA that really has a pretty good image. Uh, What's your thoughts on this?
1: I really think that professional athletes really have to be – they they really have to brace themselves for these kind of situations, man. I mean, we've seen it a lot of times. I've been around guys where people have tried to provoke them to do something stupid so they could get some of their money for nothing. So these kind of issues don't surprise me. Um, I've, I've seen it happen before where guys have been provoked to do something stupid, like punch somebody. Next thing you know, they're, they're dishing out 60 70 $80, $100,000 to them. So when we see these kind of situations, I think we have to slow down and take a close look at what's really going on. And, and, and it doesn't surprise me that this guy has a tape of Jones Drew. They say they have um, Jones Drew uh, punching the guy on tape. That doesn't surprise me. But what did he say to Jones Drew to provoke him? What did he do to Jones Drew in the parking lot to provoke him? What did it? What? What really went on during this altercation?
2: Uh, that I don't know. I don't know all the details of it. Uh, you know, there's a, there's speculation that maybe uh, he was into a one of Jones Drew friends again. That speculation. Uh, You know, there's two sides to every story, but there is some very strong evidence if you're saying that you have a video of Jones Drew punching a security guard. The one thing I can say is, uh, cha-ching, cut the check. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after the break.
3: flagship station for sports voice america sports football and so much more is the focus of planet gridiron with damian anderson join the former arizona cardinals running back for a show that mixes well a little bit of everything damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and, of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did
2: They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit
3: NFLAlumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports... America's
0: Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum 3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back to Sports Info UM. And Sam, you know, back to this Jones Drew situation, man. If you think if you just think, last year it was Adrian Peterson with the police where there was an altercation in the parking lot of a nightclub. And I'm sure Adrian Peterson probably was driving a car worth three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand, dollars Who knows? And when a police officer sees something like that, man, he don't he, he doesn't take kindly to that. And then when you tell him, hey, turn that music down, he say, hey, he give it one of those. He gives it. A, he gives him a roar here, but you, you mother, you know what I mean. They don't like that, man. And then when you look back at it again, um, Ben Roethlisberger, two years ago, it might have been three years ago, with the rape situation um, in Georgia, he had to kick out a. He had to kick out a check. So this is not just a situation where men come up and do something that provoke a man. Hey, it's been known that women will will have sex with a man next thing you know he raped me instead of him going through this whole big ordeal through the courts he'll just write her a check for a hundred thousand and she going on about her business and this just melts into the dirt like nothing ever happened it's unbelievable man
2: uh yeah i, I guess the thing i gotta say is you as a player uh you can never err on the side of caution, and. Uh, Always just go back to what Coach Dungeon used to always tell us, you know, nothing good happens after a certain time uh of the night. Uh when alcohol is involved, it kinda it, it messes up your judgment. And uh, you know, we were we wasn't at the incident. It could have been his friend involved in the altercation, a guy beating his friend or holding his friend, and you know sometime. We don't use the best judgment in cases like that. I'm not saying that Mr. Drew was drinking. I'm not saying that Mr. Drew was uh, helping a friend out. But uh, I I personally know if uh, if I see one of my friends in an altercation and if I can do something to help him, uh, I, I'm going to do my best to help him. Uh, is that the right thing to do? Is it the best thing to do? Sometimes you don't think in those situations, Darryl.
1: I, I agree wholeheartedly. You know, but <clears throat> it's different when a pole hustler like me hits somebody and a multimillionaire like Jones Drew hits somebody. You know, I might spend three nights in the can. He might not spend a night, a minute in the can. But, boy, is his checkbook going to be a little bit lighter. You can't get nothing from me. I ain't got nothing. But, hey, somebody like Jones Drew, man, this dude, hey, he has he has millions. And trust me, people do their homework, man. They do their homework. They diligently do their homework. And women, trust me, when a man, when, when Jones Drew walks in a nightclub, a woman may have never seen an NFL football game, but she knows who he is and she knows his net worth, especially when she's out there on the prowl.
2: That is true. That is yeah. true.
1: They do. And, and if a woman does her homework, these knuckleheads that are out there on the prowl that are looking for a, a lawsuit, they do their homework, too.
2: Hey, man, uh, a, a lot of people do their homework from women to financial advisors to agents uh, to to guys in, in cities that uh, these players play at. Uh, they're, they're, they're just watching their movement. They're watching their patterns, and, and they're studying them. And uh, I'm not insinuating that that's what happened with Stiller's uh offensive lineman Adams he was stabbed at a failed robbery attempt and he mentioned that he must have had an uh, an, an angel with them uh, to protect him. Uh, he left the hospital today but uh, as an athlete the, these guys they make a lot of money uh, people want what they have and uh, you, you can never be too careful and uh, you know a lot of people say why do athletes need guns why do these guys uh surround themselves with uh, these huge entourages. But when you see stuff that happens, like to um, Adams from the Steelers, you know you have to say, why You're not? Right. Why, right. why not?
1: Yeah, and, you know, he's not the first athlete that's had to deal with, with this man. Um, Paul Pierce, you know, he got stabbed some years ago, you know, coming, coming at his house, coming home late at night. You know, and, and these, are this, these are the obstacles that these athletes have to brace themselves for and prepare for. Like I say, normal people like, like you and I, we can go anywhere we want to go. Michael Irving, he steps out of his house, and there's a, a mob of people trying to get his autograph, trying to get a picture of him, and some of them trying to get a piece of him. You know what I mean? And, and, and hey, it, this happens, man, on a regular with these guys.
2: Yes, it does. Hey, moving along, you know, the NFL says that Titus Young refused their help last year. You know, Titus Young has uh he's been in the news a lot lately for a lot of bad decisions, but uh it, it was recent it recently came out that uh Titus Young suffers from some mental health issues. Uh the NFL has said that someone in Titus Young's uh circle that was pretty close to to Titus reached out to them. Uh they they kind of tried to reach back out to Titus and he refused their, uh, services. Uh, you know, uh, you know, mental, a lot of people, uh, with mental health issues, they, they go undiagnosed. And, uh, I, I just hope that the young man, uh, gets the proper treatment that he needs and, uh, he can hopefully get his life together.
1: You know, I, I really hope that he can get himself together as well, man. And, um, and, and mental illness is a serious problem and let's hope that he can, Uh, find a happy medium and let's hope that let's hope that the nfl doesn't give up on this kid man you know um
2: i think he has bigger issues than the nfl giving up on him i really feel that the nfl uh will be more than willing to help him and do what's right by him as far as hoping that he gets helping him get the treatment that's needed but uh i I don't know how they're going to help him if he ends up in prison he's facing some very serious charges
1: yeah, he has faced some serious charges. But I guess my concern is that if the NFL gives up on him and he loses his his livelihood, then it, it is going to be a fast downward spiral from there. And uh, I just really hope that they can kind of stick with him and, and hopefully he can get his act together. Maybe uh, maybe he can find the help that he needs too, man, whether it be through medication or through uh, meditation. I don't know what it is, but let's hope he finds the help that he needs.
2: Yes, he he will be in our prayers. Uh and you know, I, the last thing on that I really feel that the NFL has uh they pretty much washed their hands with them. Uh Freeney, Dwight Freeney, former teammate of mine, accuses the owners of free agency collusion. What are your thoughts on this, Daryl?
1: You know, I could I could see some truth to what he's saying. And um because some of these free agents are making a lot of money. But if you kind of blackball them a little bit, a team can save five or six million dollars. And if a team saves five or six million dollars on a star player, then the league's play saves five or six million dollars because that means they don't have to pay the next player that kind of money. So I, I can see what he's talking about a little bit, man. I really can.
2: I, I really do agree with Mr. Freedy. You know, in most years, at the start of free agency, it, it's wild. And uh, this year. A couple guys signed, and then you was waiting for the fireworks to continue, uh, and and it just wasn't there. I mean, I, I really feel as great as Ed Reed is. He signed the, uh, a pretty lucrative deal with the uh, with the Houston Texans, but just the things that he's accomplished on the football field in the National Football League over his career, I really feel that he's kind of underpaid. You got guys like Charles Woodson that was out there. Freeney was out there, and really, the only reason Freeney got a chance is because of an injury to a, um a linebacker from from the chargers. So uh I can definitely see where Freeney's going with this. Uh and you know it's very unfortunate uh, the NFL Players Association, Association take these allegations seriously and uh the, the, the other thing Freeney said is he can't wait to hit Peyton Manning and uh I really can understand Franny's pain when you when you play against a great competitor like Payton, and, and you're a defender, and when you rush and you beat the offensive tackle, Payton has a red jersey on, or there you only can come. Uh, so many yards with Ben Payton, because you would hate to see the quarterback hit his hand on a, a defensive lineman's helmet so uh be a great opportunity uh for Freeney to, to put a, a nice little lick on Payton. but at the same time Freeney said that they're like brothers and they have a very respectful friendship he didn't mean it in a in a mean way
1: yeah and you know and the wife Freeney has had some health issues in the last few years and um I'd really like to see him stay healthy and He's going to be playing in San Diego on a on a on a natural grass field. I really think this is going to enhance his career, maybe even um, give him a little more longevity in the NFL. So I'm pulling for him, and I really like that statement he made about Peyton. Man, I, I I can't wait to see him hit Peyton too.
2: Uh, I definitely agree with that. Moving along, members of Tim Tebow's camp probably admit that he's done in the NFL. What are you What are your thoughts on that, Daryl? There's some other interesting news that came out about Tim Tebow too. You know, um, Tim Tebow's dad came
1: out today and said he's not done in the NFL. You know, and I think that's one of the problems with Tim Tebow is that his camp, his camp, privately, publicly, his camp. You know, I think that's the part of the circus that NFL teams don't want to deal with. His dad, his mom, his camp. No one wants to deal with that, man.
2: I don't know if it's the camp. It's just the media circus. Uh, there, there's been a couple uh, NFL, uh, personnel people that said that they would love to have Tim Tebow uh, and give him an opportunity, but he's just not good enough to deal with the media circus. Uh, so it's, it's almost like he's a victim of his own success. Uh, and, uh, you know, it also came out a couple of days ago that, uh, Tim Tebow struggles badly with the mental, with the mental parts of uh, playing football and, uh, and that has football people thinking that he can't pick up the game. You know,
1: this is not the first time I've heard this. You know, being a Floridian, uh, I've been around Tim Tebow, not around him, but I've known this guy since he was uh, a, a junior at Nice High School. And um, it, was some, it was some really tricky tricky stories about Tim Tebow, man. He went to high school at Nice, but he never went to high school at Nice. You know, this kid was homeschooled throughout his entire career in, in in uh in high school football at Nice High School. And the craziness was he lived in Keystone, Florida, and went to school in St. Augustine, Florida. Now, that was kind of strange, because Keystone is every bit of 65 miles from St. Augustine, where he went to school at. So, hey, and then you hear him making 3.7 at University of Florida. I don't know what he studied, but there was some stories that Tim Tebow had some issues um, academically.
2: You know, uh, another thing that's interesting is he rarely audible because he couldn't read defenses fast enough. And, uh, you know, it, if you can't get up and diagnose a, a defense in split seconds, you know, it's going to be tough for you to, to get your team out of it maybe go from a run pass check. So that that's something that was also interesting. And, and a lot of guys feel – that he lacked the self-awareness to recognize and fix a lot of his shortcomings.
1: Well, I, I would have to agree with that, man. And, you know, they said, you know, in, in Tim Tebow's 11 stars, he had the most delayed game penalties of any quarterback. And um, a, as a result, despite starting only 11 games in 2011, Tebow was flagged for delay of game and NFL high seven times. Worse still, the fact fact that according to scouts, Tebow almost never audible. He struggled quickly and properly reading defenses. Hey, man, hey, if you can't read defenses, you definitely can't play in this league. But we've seen Tebow throw the ball horribly. I mean horribly. So I don't understand what we're talking about reading defenses when he can't throw the ball accurately. That's the biggest part of a, of a quarterback is, is throwing the ball.
2: And he so, scored a below average for quarterbacks, 22 on the, on the Wonderlick test, which measures intelligence. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info. UM on the Voice America Network. We'll, we'll see you next week. Go Pacers.
1: Get well quick, Jim Kelly. You the man.